This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Amen. All right, again, this is our premarital counseling class that we've set up here. I mean, I'm going to tell you something. I thank God for Church of the Living Water. Some ministries don't have this. <laughs> so, you know, I'll tell you, you better take advantage of what God has provided to you in this infrastructure, in this community. Um, it's all here for you. So these premarital classes have been set up. And again, we started, Minister Martin already started off. <clears throat> again, overall, the subject is, are you ready for the marital state? And last time, Minister Martin got into why and when premarital counseling. Um, and for my portion of this teaching... It will be God's perspective and God's purpose for marriage. God's perspective and God's purpose for marriage. Um, and so as an opening statement, again, remember the teachings here are really tailored for the audience of the unmarried. Right? You know what you mean by unmarried, right? I mean, you know, you're not a, a husband, you're not a wife. Right? Regardless of what other uh, phase you are in, if you are engaged, not engaged... Right? Understand that. If you're dating, or you're just courting, you know, or you're not even looking to even get married, still, these teachings are for you. Because you never know when your flavor shows up. And then you try to go and try to figure these things out then. Like, oh, well, I remember that was good. But see, because I'm telling you, once you're in it, it you know, it's, it's a whole different ballgame once you get in it. Right? So this is the time to get the teachings down. Get it down in your heart. Get it down in your spirit. Get it down in your mentality. So, you know, if your ship comes in or if your ship doesn't come in, at least you're ready. You're prepared. All right. And so in, in keeping that in mind, I just wanted to start off by there's a song I want you all to hear. You know, just kind of switch it up a little bit just to keep the right mentality going. So when we're teaching this. So if you don't mind, Multimedia, can you can you play the song? <laughs> said it, right? The wedding. When you hear that, you think about the wedding, right? And so, and it's important why you say this, because when people talk about thinking about getting married, guess what they think about? The wedding. Right. I'm, I'm, just, just flow with me. Right? So, it's, it's interesting how this, this comes about. When we think about marriage, we think about the wedding. You think about, here comes the bride. Right? You, you it's the wedding. And what I mean by you think about the wedding, you do preparation for what? The wedding. But understand, you're getting married. The wedding is just a small, very small part 
of the whole marriage. But you're getting married. And most people that are unmarried, they spend more preparation preparing for the wedding than they do to prepare for getting married. Right? And so that's why these classes are so important. You need to be planning and preparing for marriage. Right? And there's planning, planning, there's planning and preparation for the wedding. Nothing wrong with that. You have your big wedding. You have your small wedding. You have your Justice the Peace wedding. Whatever your wedding is, that's your wedding. But understand, you are actually getting married. You prepare for the marriage. That's so important. So that's the mentality I want you to have when you hear these teachings. That I'm preparing for marriage. Remember, it's premarital class. It's not pre-wedding class. No one's sitting here telling you how to get your wedding the way you want it. You know, all the, this is not that class. It's about the marriage. Right? It's a, I'm telling you, change your mentality about marriage. And that'll help you prepare for marriage. Alright? So my objective for my teachings, and I hope everybody getting the right mindset now, and I'm going to tell you, you married folks, everybody laugh because they can barely remember that. Did they even play that at my wedding? It, that's so far gone. You're like, that little tune means, I mean, anyway. Married folks understand. We married. That, that, that was a moment in time. It, it fit the purpose, but that really had neither here nor there when it comes to the, to the marriage. All right, so my, my, again, my objective here is to discuss God's perspective of marriage, discuss God's purpose for marriage. Right? And so the first thing I want to make, make clear, right? Let's just get these things out of the way. What is God's perspective of marriage? Marriage should be a reflection of the relationship between Christ and the church. Marriage should be a reflection of the relationship between Christ and the church. Christ is called the bridegroom, and the church is called the bride of Christ. And there is an expectation that when you enter into the marriage covenant, that you have prepared yourself to keep and follow this standard. That means that your marriage is going to be a reflection of Christ and the church. That's God's perspective of your marriage. It's to reflect that. And that you're going to have to keep that standard and follow that standard throughout your marriage covenant. It doesn't change. It doesn't change after here comes the bride song ends and all of a sudden now we married, I'm going to do my own thing. No. No. It's a reflection of Christ in the church. No matter if you've married for five minutes or you've married for 50 years. Your marriage should be a reflection of Christ and the church. So look at this in Matthew chapter 25. We'll start there for today. Matthew 25. This is other passage of scripture we'll get to, but let's go to Matthew 25. So we talked about the bridegroom and the bride. Matthew chapter 25, because there's preparation that needs to take place when it comes to marriage there's preparation for the bridegroom and there's preparation for the bride Matthew chapter 25 starting at verse number 1 
It says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. So here's the thing, right? We start out, I, I mean, I, you love, this is in red, so this is Jesus speaking, right? I love how he gives these analogies, right? And he mentioned the kingdom of heaven is likened unto this, right? You got ten virgins, ten maidens <laughs> that are participating in the, the wedding ceremony, all right? And then he said five of those are wise and five were foolish, now, we're going to define what is foolish and what is wise. Verse 3. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise, they took oil in their vessels with their lamps. When it comes to preparing for marriage, you better make sure that you do your due diligence and prepare. You hear that? In preparing for marriage, you have, there is work that you need to do. Ahead of time. What I mean by ahead of time? Before you get married? What I mean by ahead of time? Before you have a date? What do I mean by ahead of time? Before you even have an actual person in perspective that you want to marry? There is preparation you need to do before those times even come. Right? That's the wise. But again, you can still get to the altar. And we said this thing throughout... No one's against your little, you know, no one's, I'm saying you're little, but nobody's coming about, you know, you getting married. Nobody's, don't be silly in your thinking. They just don't want us to get married. Please. It's, like I said, I've been married going on 30, 33 years. I got who I want, you know. And so, it, it, and nobody's against you, you know, you getting married. We're not up here thinking about, well, how can we? No. It's preparation. This is God's institution. This is His plan. Remember, your marriage should be a reflection of Christ in the church. I'm going to tell you, if you heard that for the first time today, you know you're already behind. That's what this is about. Receive the counsel of the Lord. So you have those that are wise, they took all. Those that weren't wise did not take all. But they still were heading to the wedding feast. So, I mean, the wise will prepare for the marriage covenant. The foolish, they don't prepare for the marriage covenant. Verse 5. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and and slept. And at midnight, there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. So, now here it is. The moment has arrived. The bridegroom is there. The wedding feast is finished. You need to head to the... The wedding party. And the foolish, I'm sorry, verse 7. And then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise. Notice the foolish said unto the wise. Give us your oil. For our lamps are gone out. The foolish said unto the wise. Catch this. Now, where are you at? Are you part of the foolish? That didn't prepare for the marriage coming? Or are you part of the wise that prepared? Like I got old. Plenty of it. For me to get there. Because this is the thing about marriage. Marriage is your choice. So why are you putting you know, your choice 
on someone else to provide for what you want to do. That's what I mean by preparing for the marriage covenant. This takes preparation for it. You've got to prepare for the choice that you're making. You know, we're not, again, we're not back in, like y'all said, olden days. There's no shotgun marriage, right? Where, you know, you did some things and all of a sudden, boom, here you are. No, you have plenty of time to prepare. You have plenty of time to choose. Put in the work. Don't be the foolish. Now you turn to the wise and like, we need some oil. <clears throat> Did you not know the bridegroom was coming? Did you not know that you was going to get married? Oh, I knew I was having a wedding, but did you know that you're actually getting married? Because again, you hear, you hear this in all the teaching we've been saying. The goal of you when you get married is, guess what? To stay married. That's why you're getting all this teaching. The goal is for you to stay married. You know, I add one more thing. Pay your bills too. If I tell my son, you ain't coming staying back with me. So, but the goal is for you to stay married. That's the goal. So get this teaching. Prepare. All right, so again, it says, then those, uh, verse 7, then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. <clears throat> and the foolish said unto the wise, give us your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. Thank you. See what I'm saying? You don't want Get married. Go buy your own oil. Don't depend on me to provide for something for you that you made a choice of. You choose to get married. You know, have your ducks in line. All of it. Prepare for the marriage. It's nothing like getting married and, you know, you're already behind. And, you, and you're putting dependent on someone else to provide for you in, in, in the marriage. That's not God's perspective of marriage. We'll get into it. Again, but the wise answered saying, Not so, let us there let there be not enough for us to go and you, but go rather for uh, to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they yet went to buy, the bridegroom came. <laughs> so now you don't left, got opposition, went to buy something you should prepare for, and here comes the bridegroom came and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage and the door was shut see they that was ready went in afterwards came also the other virgins saying Lord Lord open to us but he answered and said verily I say unto you I know you not (laughs) so you're like that's wrong no, what's wrong is you knew I was coming and prepared for it. Why, why are we saying all this to you, right? Because, I'm, you know, we're trying to prepare you folks that are getting married. Really are. Because once marriage happens, once you enter into that covenant, once you have that wedding that you're looking forward to, once you say, I do, then that responsibility is now yours to, to continue. And what I mean responsibility... Listen to what I'm saying. The responsibility is yours to continue. Responsibility is not somebody else to help you continue. It's your choice. When the pastor or the minister go through the vows and then there's only two people going to respond. Right? After they say, who gives this woman to this man? And the the father, whoever said, take her. 
And then your next response, you say, I do. And the woman's response says, I do too. You both had a choice. Once you make that statement, now that marriage is your marriage. Based on God's standard. You can't go into the marriage thinking, oh, now I'm going to have my parents or my in-laws or some other people to help me out of my marriage. No, that's, that's you. That's your choice. That's the mentality I'm talking about. See, that's helped you understand, am I ready for the marital state? If you're depending on other people to provide for you in your marriage, then you're not ready for the marital state. You're not ready. Well, you just rang on my prayer, my parade, whatever. We're just helping you out. Because once you get married, all of a sudden now, you know, you're going to be begging and pleading for other people to help you with your choice. Now, like that Lord said in verse 12, he answered and said, I don't know you. Because if you knew me, right, you prepared. Here's the thing when we talk about marriage, right? Here's the, here's the thing that, I, I, you know, couples do not want to hear. Four-letter word. Wait. And again, I'm going to say this. I'm, I'm trying my best. I'm trying my best not to even look at nobody because people think you're talking to them. Let the Lord talk to you. I'm Brother Hastings is up here. You let the Lord speak to you. Right? It's things in you that you have not gotten in position yet that you may need to wait. You know, so you may need to wait. Wait doesn't mean we're not going to get married. Wait just means, means we just need to get more preparation. Before we get into marriage. But we have other agendas. But wait. And again, you know, here's a counsel you can take, right? You know, I think I got everything in line. I don't need to wait. Okay, well, here's, here's, one, here's a counsel you can, you can go get. Talk to your parents. You know, the bridegroom, the bride. Go talk to your parents. Right? Sit down and ask your parents. Should, should I wait? Because your parents are like, they'll let you know. They're like, well, there's some things you need to, oh yeah, you, you good. Your parents will tell you. You know why it's good to talk to your parents about it? Because your parents are like, I want to make sure you prepare for this because guess what? You know, I, <laughs> you know, I, I think they children never understand. Your parents got plans too. Your parents got plans after you're gone. I think you'll never get in their mind that, you know, here's the thing about marriage, right? I'm married to my wife. I'm not married to my children. They're a byproduct of my marriage, you know, I produce a godly seed, you know, getting ahead of myself, but I'm married to my wife. I got plans, brother. So, you know, my plan, I'm preparing you to go. So your, but your parents will make sure that before you go that you're prepared. So talk to your parents. Get that godly counsel. That's why God set it up for that, like that. God set them parents to, so ask them, you know, should we wait? 
and going with the right mentality. And like I said before, thinking like, hey, you know, there's nobody's raining on your parade. Just maybe you need to wait. And then people say, well, what's going to change? You know, you can't have, you know, because here's the thing. You try to justify. Well, it's nothing. It's never going to be perfect. I understand. Is it ever going to be a perfect time for us to get married? I, I got you. You're looking to justify why we're doing it right now. But then later on, a couple years, a couple months, a couple days later, you're like, well, you know, we could have waited at least a few days. Right? It, it'll go a long way. You know, again, that's, that's what we're talking about. Because your mindset, I'm telling you, people, we read, that's why we read it, we played it. When you think about marriage, you're thinking about the wedding. Here comes the bride is what your mentality goes to. But are you ready for the marriage? Look at this in Revelation chapter 19. I know this is a few scriptures you weren't expecting to go to for premarital clowns, so I understand. Revelation 19, verse 7. Revelation 19 and 7 says, Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife hath made herself ready. Alright, so why are we going here? Because again, you've got to give honor and diligence in preparation of the process of getting married. He says, let us be glad and rejoice. Get, look at this. Give honor or reverence to him. Right? For the marriage of the Lamb is come. And again, we understand this is talking about Christ. Again, that's why I'm using these past scriptures, right, for reference. You, you understand this, right? You got to prepare. Let me, me, me go spiritual with you, right? Right? In other words, you got to prepare to meet the Lord. <laughs> So again, we understand what this is talking about. There's preparation for you to meet the Lord. I mean, it said Christ is the bridegroom and, and the church is the bride. Well, there's this time, there's a come point in time where the bridegroom can prepare for his bride and you better make sure you're ready. That's a whole other conversation, but, but that's a mentality you need to have. I mean, think about it. Are you ready to meet the Lord? Are you ready for him to come and say, like the bridegroom is now here, midnight has come. Do you have your oil? Do you have your lamp? Are you ready to meet the Lord? Oh, I got some things you need to take care of. Yeah, exactly. You got some things you need to take care of. I understand. My heart ain't right. That's what we're talking about. Think about that same mentality when it comes to marriage. You got to change your thinking. Mentality. So let us be glad and give honor. To him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife had made herself ready. You know, we spend a lot of time talking about the the husband, and we should, because a lot of things is, is responsibility to the head, and again, there's things that go along with that. But wives, you gotta be ready too. Again, that's why I went back to the, the bridegroom and the, and the bride and the, the wedding feast and talk about those ten virgins. And again, those ten virgins weren't talking about the bride. Right, but it was talking about just preparation. Women, you got to get yourself prepared. Well, I get married all on him. See, you, you, you got the wrong mentality. All I got to do is show up and play my little song. I come down with my white dress on, and that's it. You know, hey, 
Everybody throw flowers, roses, and all that. And you know, you, women, understand, ladies, you got to prepare yourself for the marriage too. More than just showing up for the wedding. Preparation. See, the wife made herself ready. Prepare. That's what I mean, ladies. Talk to your fathers. Talk to your mothers. The parents. Ask them. Am I ready for marriage? Because your, your parents, they, they, they're in marriage. They understand. They have a concept. They, they, have more than a, I'm sorry, they have more than a concept. They have application of the marriage. They, they know what it takes to be married. <laughs> Go to Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22. And let me say this too, right? Because, again, like I said, we can get crazy in our mentality when it comes to marriage. What I mean by that is that, you know, your parents' counsel is their counsel to you. I know these are simple statements. Your parents' counsel is their counsel to you. Don't think about, well, when you, when you got married, things were different. Yeah, of course things were different when they got married. Like I said, I got married in 1990. It, it was a little different in 2022. <laughs> things were different. I, I understand. But the marriage covenant, the responsibility expectation is still the same. That's what your parents are going to help you with. You get Minister Martin talk about, hey, the four things you need to look at, right? You got to know how to choose. You got to know what you're signing up for, right? God hates divorce. And then are you prepared? Went through those. And we're so focused on when your parents give you count, like you're looking at them like, oh, y'all don't understand. But understand, when they was in your, in your season that you're in now, they had to make the same choices. They had to do the same preparation. And they can, that's why they can give you counsel now in hindsight saying, you know, if I, had to, if I had to go back and do it again, nothing wrong with your mother. I love your mother. But if there's the other thing I would have did more, I would have made more preparation in this area or that area. That's what we're talking about. Not like I'm not going to change the choice. It's still your mother. But it's preparation I would have did here or there. That's the counsel. And, and, you know, son and daughter, look at this. You need, this is what you need to focus on. Showing you areas in your life. Because they, hey, they've been with you all your life. They know you. Your parents know you. They say, you know, this is the area you need to focus on. You know, you, you tell your daughter, your father said, you still have an attitude when I, when I say something to you. When I tell you go take off them clothes and change and, and put on something different on, you give me all kind of looks and roll in your eyes. You know, you still have issues with me as your dad. Now, you're gonna, now you have a husband. See, your father lets you know that. Same thing with your son. Like I said, son, hey, you, you can't even keep your car clean. Room clean. Right? You can't even take out the trash sometimes. You can't even, hey, you can't even keep your, like, you know, some of your stocks, you know, your drawers, and, you know, you ain't even organized at the, at, you staying with me. Now you can get your own place, bringing in a wife. Again, small thing. Well, that, that's nothing. In your mind, that's nothing. But those are the small foxes that when you get in marriage will magnify. 
Because here's the thing to understand, brothers. You're not marrying your mama. You know what that means, right? Because because in men child of God, uh, women, uh, guys have to, uh, you know, she'll do that. You, your, your wife is not going to pick up behind you. And again, if she does, <laughs> then she does it. But, you, but your expectation is that she's going to pick up behind me. This is the mentality you have. You know, both of y'all you know, see that stuff on the floor. They're like, move it to the side. And you're going to get that? I, you, I didn't put it down there. I ain't picking up your nasty draw. Oh, here we go. Baby, you said you love me. See, that's marriage now. Your mama ain't here. Here we go. That's to mean preparation. When all you got to do is give yourself more organized. Prepare. Matthew 22. Let me get to this. Let me stop talking. Matthew 22, verse number 2. It says, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a certain king which made a marriage for his son. And he sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding and they would not come. And again, he sent forth other servants saying, tell them which are bidding. Behold, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen, my fatlings are killed and all things are ready. Come unto the marriage. Verse 5. But they made light of it and went their ways, one to his farm and another to his merchandise. Again, the two things I want you to catch in this. Right? It said a king made preparation for his son for marriage. Preparation was made before they got married. There was preparation was done. Right? And then those that were invited were expected to come prepared. There's preparation that needs to be done before you get married. And then when you come to the marriage, you need to be prepared. Verse 5 again. They may lie. Don't make light of preparing for marriage. Don't make light of this, of this time. I'm trying to drive this home. I'm trying to drive home preparation. That's God's perspective of marriage. God expects for you to be prepared to enter into that marriage covenant. Don't take light of it. Well, hey, I love her. She loves me. Let's get married. There's more to it than that. Prepare. Don't make light of it. Jump down to verse 11. And when the king came to see the guests, he saw there, there a man which had not on a wedding garment. And he said unto him, Friend, how camest thou in hither, not having a wedding a garment? And he was speechless. Then said the king to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, and take him away and cast him into the utter darkness. There should be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And I was well, how are you coming to a wedding and you're not having on the proper garments? I'm telling you, you cannot take these things for granted. There's preparation that needs to take place. 
Don't show up for a marriage not prepared. Because then you're going to see, oh, I wasn't ready for this. But guess what now? You're in it. You know, I, I remember once, you know, we went through the, the, uh, <clears throat> the questions and Q&A uh, that came forth from the other previous teaching about ministering to the family, spirit, soul, and body. And I remember one of the unmarried ladies made a comment. She said, did you see them questions that they were asking? In other words, the reality is like, some people got married wasn't prepared. The question they were asking wasn't the question you were expecting. And remember that too. There's questions that you can submit for the premarital class. Ask them now. And you can submit them anonymously. I tell you, you've got to love church of living water. We're making everything available for you to get from God. All available. Take advantage of it. Because the questions that you, you may have thought about being, uh, what, what marriage is about, they weren't asking and those questions no people was asking about. And it came from this ministry. Whoever it was. Preparation. Don't show up for the marriage without the proper garments. That means you were not prepared for it. You take it lightly. Alright, so let's give this definition of marriage. We've been saying this for a long time in this ministry. Let's jump right into this definition of marriage. Because I think that will help you. Kind of want to lay some groundwork, right? So again, marriage is a divine institution. Marriage is a divine institution. Alright? Divine is a key word there. Are you divine? No. But marriage is. Don't let these things go past you. I'm purpose taking my time. Marriage is a divine institution, and you're not divine. So that means you got to prepare for this. That means you're going to need help before you say you're entering into marriage, because you're not divine. So a divine institution, that means it was created by God. So marriage was created by God. It's a divine institution. That means marriage is God's institution. So before you decide to go into marriage, understand you are going into, entering into God's Institution. Who is God? God Almighty. The Almighty God. That's the institution that you are entering into. Created by Him. Whereby. So again, marriage is a divine institution created by God. Whereby two rational. You know what rational means, right? Sober. Again, no one forced you into it. You, you, you made this choice on your, on your own, right? You, you're in the right state of mind, right state of your body. You, you, you're rational. So we're about two rational, free moral agents. I like you're free moral agents, a man and a woman who are born again choose to enter into a lifetime covenant with another imperfect person. So marriage is a divine institution created by God whereby two (laughs) rational, free moral agents, a man and a woman, who are born again, choose to enter 
into a lifetime covenant with another imperfect person. So with that definition in mind around marriage, you see this preparation you need to do. That's what you are choosing to enter into. God's institution. And you're going to choose into to God's institution with your imperfect self, with another imperfect person. Notice it. With your imperfect self. Trust me, we all got issues. You know, well, her issues more than mine, but you still got issues. <laughs> you know, we always like to compare, oh, I'm not as bad as that, but you still bad. And that badness is going to be exemplified or magnified, guess what, when you get into marriage. Because that other imperfect person you marry, they're going to see all that badness front and center. All the time. All your issues. All your hang-ups. You know, Minister Mark mentioned, all your luggage, all your baggage, that shows up in the marriage. All that stuff that you were hiding during the dating and courting phase, guess what, it shows up in marriage. You know, thing I you know I used to say before, I understand is that hey, you know that date in the corner, that's just a game. It's just a game, and you players in the game. You know, it's just a matter of how, how bad you want you want to play and how bad you're going to get played. But you, you're in the game. And Pastor said that you know like, when it comes to the game, who wins and loses is based on the mistakes you make. It's all about who makes the mistakes. So that means you better prepare yourself. In the game, so you won't make mistakes. And I'm telling you, people got married, you realize when you got married, you know, you just got schooled. But here's the thing, you wanted to be schooled. Because you had all the counsel like this ahead of time to, to prepare you, understand what the game is, but yet still you made that choice. But now, the choice you just made, now you are in God's institution. And you know, here, I know, you know one thing I love about God, God's not compromising for no one. Remember, His perspective of marriage is, your marriage now, once you enter into that, is your marriage should be a reflection of Christ and the church. That's it. There's no gray area. That's why you better be born again. See, there's, there's some things, and again, I, I guess go back and listen to things Minister Martin said, you know, the counseling was before. Very important, right? Between standards and preferences, things that you can compromise, not compromise. There's, you know, there's no compromise in God's standard. Why are you marrying somebody that's not born again? How are you going to enter to God's institution and with somebody that's not even born again? They don't even know who Christ is. Let them know the church. But yeah, they're going to fall into those roles and they're not born again. And then you get into marriage like, we got issues. Yeah, you got plenty of issues. I understand. And remember, we said this right, imperfect person. You never get to the place where you're perfect. We're all striving. You're still in this flesh. If I have to wait till I'm perfect, I'm never getting married. See, you're not listening to the counsel at all. No one's saying that. It's two imperfect people. You know, you know, God could have He could have went there with you, right? God said, "Hey, my institute's for perfect people." Oh well, I guess you never get married. 
guess none of us is ever getting married. He could have went. That's his standard. He could have went there, but he understood. Get born again. Have the Spirit of God dwelling in you. Then you can bring forth the peaceful fruit of righteousness in your marriage. Why did God set it up like that? Why did God want imperfect people that are born again to get married? Matthew chapter 2. <laughs> you know, God, you may not know what you're doing, but God does. <laughs> well, if that's the case, why I'm getting married? Why I got it, you know, God set it up for this perfect, and He know we're going to have these issues, then. Why marriage? Matthew chapter 2, starting at verse number 14. It says, Yet ye say, I'm sorry, I said Matthew, my bad. Malachi. Did I say Malachi? I'm sorry. Malachi chapter 2. Apologies. Malachi chapter 2. If we are imperfect people getting married into God's institution, you want to make sure that you are born again. Why? What's God's purpose for marriage? Malachi chapter 2, starting in verse 14, it says, Yet ye say, Wherefore, because the Lord hath been witness between thee and the wife of thy youth, against whom thou hast dealt treacherously, yet is she thy companion and the wife of thy covenant. And did not he make one? Yet had the residue of the Spirit, and wherefore one, that he might seek a godly seed. Therefore take heed to your spirit, and let none deal treacherously against the wife of his youth. So God's purpose, his plan for your imperfect people being in God's institution, is to produce a godly seed. Now how are two born again... How are two people that are not born again can produce a godly seed? You don't know what godliness is if you're not born again. Then how are you going to produce a godly seed? So here's the question, right? Then people say, well, you're saying the only reason for me to get married is to produce a godly seed. To have children. Right? That's, that's, that's the next thing. Because everybody's not in that season. Let me say it different. There's, there's things that happen that, hey, you may not, hey, you may have passed your bearing years and whatever it may be, but you still can get married. And your house should be a house that produces godliness. In other words, so that means if you have family or you have, they should know that this is a house of godliness. And when they come over, they'll, you can produce or, or influence to have a godly seat. See, people get so caught up in, well, you know, we don't have children, or, or maybe they're in a different season of their life, well, hey, then, hey, I ain't finna have no more babies. That's past. But you know, I want to be married. Yeah, marrying the Lord. Still have a God. Hey, remember, children are a heritage of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is His reward. This influence that you can have with children that's not from your, from your loins, from your marriage communion. You can produce. See, don't get caught up in, hey, one way. Or God, God, knows, like I said, God knows what he's doing. That's what the Bible says, Mary and the Lord. 
let God's purpose be found in your marriage. Because then you think about the church and Christ. What does that produce? Disciples. Followers of Him. So that means your home, your, your marriage, to make sure that you're producing disciples. Make sure you're producing those that are going to be followers of Christ. Then you're fulfilling God's purpose in your marriage. Whether those disciples came from your own loins or whether they came from someone else's loins, but you're, you have influence over them. God is faithful. I'm going to stop there. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.com.